Well, good morning, uh, Hillcrest Covenant Church. I am Pastor Brad. I'm glad to be with you today. And um, what, do you, what do you think of this weather? I, you see, I come from Seattle where um, when we have high humidity, it usually means it's raining. In fact, I've been riding my bike uh, the last number of weeks here, a few days a week. And instead of asking myself, hey, is it raining today? I ask, what's the heat index? Can I, can I handle this heat? In fact, I wrote it last week and I, I kind of set it in the, in the lobby um, uh, when I'm in my office, and uh, I happen to be sort of in a, uh, another office speaking to one of the other staff members, and I noticed that one of our volunteer uh, reception people, who will remain nameless, um, took my bike and moved it and, and hit it in order to, to, uh, to make me think that my bike disappeared on me. But I watched her do the whole thing. So I came out and I, I, I feigned um, uh, desperation that my bike had disappeared. And um, uh, Wilma, I just want you to know that I'm watching you. I, I've got your number, so watch out. Anyway, uh, Psalm 46 is the psalm that we are in today. I'd like to read the entire psalm to you. Um, I don't do this every single Sunday, but this psalm is one of those psalms that I think if we capture it uh, together in its entirety, um, if nothing else, it will bring a sort of sense of comfort and strength to us. So Psalm 46, if you have a Bible uh, with you, if you have a digital device, however you want to look on, you're welcome to, or you can just listen. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come and behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Well, as you know, we have been going through a series of sermons in the book of Psalms all summer, and we'll continue to do that for the next few weeks. And today, we are in a psalm that is commonly referred to as a psalm of Zion. And Psalm 46 is one of the better examples of a psalm of Zion. And the reason that this psalm is referred to as a psalm of Zion is that it is a psalm that celebrates the stability and the reliability of God in the face of catastrophe and social disorder. Well, what better psalm for us to read today? This connection that's between Jerusalem, the city of God, and God is based on the belief that God dwelt literally in Jerusalem. Thus, as long as Jerusalem was still intact, then you could be assured that God was still present, God was still in control. So the psalmist in this psalm begins with this premise about God when he writes, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. In other words, the psalmist is suggesting to us right off 
the top that God can be trusted. God can be leaned on when everything else seems to be failing. When you've run out of places to place your trust, try God, the psalmist is saying. So in the verses that follow, the psalmist describes four specific scenarios where you can find God trustworthy. The first one is God is trustworthy when everything around us is changing. Let me say that again, just for those that may have missed it or were distracted or the tea kettle went off or whatever. Number one, God is trustworthy when everything around us is changing. Two, God is trustworthy in the midst of calamity. Three, God is trustworthy in the midst of the storm. And in this case, the psalmist has in mind specifically natural disasters. Four, God is trustworthy when the foundations of the world are shaking and everything seems insecure. You see, this psalm implies if if God is reliable in all of these situations that I've just enumerated for you, then God is reliable in every situation. So let's begin to unpack this psalm and the meaning of, of some of the phrases in this psalm by looking at the first phrase, God is our refuge and God is our strength. You see, when you think about a place of refuge, what, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Perhaps it's that favorite room in your house where you like to go to just kind of chill. Maybe it's a family room, maybe it's a study, maybe it's out on your deck if the weather's nice. Or perhaps uh, it's a particular chair that you like to sit in, in a particular room, with a cup of coffee, and you kind of go through the, the, the routine of your day before things get out of control. Maybe your, your, your place of refuge isn't so much a location, but a person. Maybe your place of refuge is your family. You know, When things get rough, you, you, you bring the family together, and you, just, and you just huddle down, and you hold on. Maybe your place of refuge is a a longtime friend who you trust who isn't afraid to tell you the truth when there's a problem that you're facing. Perhaps your refuge is a particular activity that you like to engage in when life gets a little crazy. Maybe you like to take a walk. Maybe uh, you ride your bike. Maybe you write in a journal. There are a variety of places that we go for that refuge, I think, that the psalmist is talking about. But the dictionary defines refuge as a protection or a shelter as from danger or hardship, a place providing protection or shelter, a source of help, relief, or comfort in times of trouble. That's what the dictionary says. So in short, a refuge is any place that we can go when the world seems disordered and out of control. And, and if in the last few months you are uh, finding yourself in, in refuge in the same place, wandering between room to room, or maybe you get out once in a while if you got your mask on, but and maybe, maybe you're tired of your, rest, your refuge. But the psalmist looks at, at nature and he and, and he sees this as the sort of the first place of disorder. He, he uses the wind and the waves and the surging waters as kind of a picture of what prompts us sometimes to seek refuge. A few years ago, Roxy and I went on a, a mission trip to uh, Ghana, West Africa, and we, we were doing some work. We painted and, and I think planted some gardens and did some uh, child-type uh, Bible school-type ministry with the children that were there in an orphanage. And um, this, 
this orphanage was, was built specifically for children who, who were at risk, who, who either don't have parents or don't know where their parents are. And so this orphanage, in a sense, has become a refuge for these kids. You see, the importance of a, of a refuge is it provides us a place where we can kind of hide out. It provides us a place where we kind of shelter, uh, or as one poet has described it, it's like the center point of calm in the midst of a storm. And just like an orphanage provides a place of refuge for children in West Africa, there are times when everyone needs a place of shelter from the storms of life. There's, there's, there's always times when we need that. The, psalm, uh, the psalmist is essentially saying to us that the, that place of refuge is always found in God. And then at verse 4, the psalmist directs us to focus our attention on the place where our security can be found. He says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, and it shall not be moved. What does this mean? Even though we may find temporary relief from some of those other places that I've already mentioned, if we really want to find a place of absolute security, it doesn't come from a building taller walls or adding additional locks to our doors or having larger bank accounts or putting up security cameras that protect us from harm out there somewhere. The only place that we can ultimately know unconditional security, according to the psalmist, is in God. So when was the last time that you placed yourself in the hands of God when you found yourself being overwhelmed by the uncertainty that life was presenting to you? Maybe it just happened today or last week or a couple weeks ago. Or maybe you're the kind of person that, that doesn't really like to trust God because then that somehow shows that you're, you're weak or needy. I remember I had a friend once that I, uh, I shared the gospel with. We were in uh, high school and, uh, and he said, Brad, I understand everything that you're saying about the importance of trusting God, but uh, I don't need to trust God. I I've got everything that I need. If you sought refuge someplace else other than God, let me ask you an honest question to, to ponder maybe this, this morning. How's that working for you? Do you feel any more secure now in whatever that thing is that you are entrusting yourself to other than God? You see, the psalmist is making a very simple affirmation that God is the source of our refuge when life throws us a curveball, and life always throws us a curveball. Anything else uh, the psalmist is suggesting is a poor substitute for the strength and security that God can provide to us. The psalmist then goes on to describe the place where safety can be found, and he says it's in Jerusalem. It's in the city of God. Another name for this is, is Zion. And as I mentioned earlier, the city of Jerusalem wasn't just the center of ancient Jewish culture. It was the place where God dwelt. They actually believed that. They believed the temple of God was built in Jerusalem to signify God's presence uh, right there in the midst of them. 
So anywhere you lived in the general vicinity of Jerusalem, if you wanted to confirm that God was still present, if you wanted to be sure that God was still in control, you just looked for the, for the temple. And if you saw the temple, you knew that God was still there. The place where God is present and powerful is seen by the psalmist as the place where refuge can ultimately be found. You see, it doesn't really matter whether the threat is from outside or comes from some sort of inner turmoil that we're experiencing. The place where God is, is the place where security and comfort can be found. Now, at face value, we might be inclined to read this this text, and we and we might say, well, if, if the temple was the place of comfort and security for the people of God back then, then the church sanctuary must be the contemporary equivalent of that for us today. But not so fast. You see, when we make that comparison, we assume that the sacred use of a particular place is what gives, uh, gives it the power of God's presence. You see, when we make this natural correlation between ancient temple and, and, and contemporary sanctuary, we also begin to think that the only time that our spiritual life expresses itself is when we find ourselves in that sacred place. When we do that, we begin to assume that spiritual life is only connected to this place. Well, we haven't been able to gather in this particular place for about four months, or maybe longer now. I've lost, I've lost track has our spiritual life ultimately suffered because of that? Maybe a little bit, the gathering part. But God's strength and power and, and, uh, and stability is still available to us, whether we gather here or not. You see, we must be careful not to create an equivalency between temple and sanctuary. And here's the reason why. A pretty significant event happened between then and now that changes how we access this God of comfort and this God of strength. And that, that significant event was a person named Jesus. Jesus came along and he presented to us a picture of God that doesn't require us to travel to the Temple Mount in order to encounter God. Instead, Jesus is the, is the very embodiment of God who has come to dwell with us and in us. So in John's gospel, John writes, we are reminded that Jesus himself is the presence of God who dwells in us when he says this, the word became flesh and it dwelt among us. I like the way Eugene Peterson says it, the, the, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. So what? Maybe that's what you're, you're asking yourself right now. So what, Brad? You see, if we're, if we're seeking refuge from the storms of life, whatever they may be, the place to seek God for shelter isn't by traveling to some religious structure someplace. It isn't by limiting our understanding of the presence of God to one hour a week on Sunday mornings or whenever, whenever it is you happen to watch this on your computer. The place that we experience the comforting presence of God is by recognizing that God dwells in us and with us through the thick and the thin of our lives. There's no place that we can go that we can escape God's presence. Did, did you hear me? There's no place that we can go that we can escape God's presence. So when we feel battered and bruised by the storms and the waves that life presents to us, 
And we must learn to place our trust in God who is, who is with us, literally. We find ourselves in the very same place that the disciples did when, when they were with Jesus on the, on the Sea of Galilee and the, and, the, and the storms rocked that little boat. And they had to decide right there, were they going to trust Jesus to calm the storm or were they going to try to figure it out on their own? You see, the psalmist in this psalm acknowledges that the very personal presence of God uh, in verse 7 when he writes this, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is, is our refuge. The God of Jacob. You see, the, the, the psalmist is referring here to the God of Jacob as a refuge. What's significant about this was that Jacob was the conniving brother, if you remember, who lied, who cheated, who stole in order to get the birthright of his father. Jacob was the one who fled from his angry brother, taking all of his flocks and animals and wives and children, and, and just in case Esau caught up with him, he, he let them be in the back so they would get killed first. That's the kind of person that Jacob was. Jacob was the one who in the dead of night wrestled with God and wouldn't let go of him until God gave Jacob what Jacob wanted. You see, the message that I see in this brief phrase of the psalmist that I see loud and clear is that God is the refuge and strength for a scoundrel like Jacob. Then God can be the refuge and strength for you and me as well. And then from verse 8 to the end of the psalm, the psalmist addresses the question of how. How, how does this take place? How does this happen? How, how do we experience the peace and presence of God in the midst of all of life's storms? And the beautiful and the simple answer is summarized in these two small words. Be still. When the storms arise, don't run and hide waiting for your reinforcements to fail. The psalmist says, look around. Look for God. Wait. Be still. And, and sometimes, in order to see the presence of God in the midst of the storm, we must stop fretting, stop trying to fix things, Stop running around and simply be still and allow the power and the presence of God to bring us calm in the center of the storm. I'm always fascinated by those uh, scientists that go up in planes when there's a hurricane, you know, uh, 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 a number four, number five hurricane coming up the east coast of the uh, uh, United States, and they fly the plane right into the center of the hurricane, and they describe that there's a point when they get to the center of the hurricane around which all of these 100-mile-an-hour winds are whirling, um, there's this sense of calm. And when you, they get into this place, it's, it's eerie because, because they have had to fly through this incredible uh, gust of wind to get to that place. Being still in the midst of the storm is harder than it looks because none of us thinks about this when our boat is leaking or when the storm is coming in from the East Coast someplace. We don't think about this. All we think about is what can we do to change our circumstances now? We want to escape the discomfort as soon as we can. And of course, this is the natural response. We, we, we should think this way. But if you think about it for a moment, 
this is, what, this is ultimately what it means to trust God. When the wheels are coming off of your, of your plans, when your vacation has to be changed because of COVID, when you don't get the raise that you were expecting for whatever reason, the place that God invites us to trust him is in the center of the storm. I mean, if, if we only trust God when, when everything's going our way, what, what kind of trust is that? When our ship is being rocked by the seas of, of relational conflict, job uncertainty, doubt, despair, when a loved one is struggling with addiction and we don't know what to do, when a, when a financial risk that we took isn't paying off the way that we hoped, it's at those moments that the message of Psalm 46 says to us, God is trustworthy when everything is changing. God is trustworthy in the midst of your storm. God is a place of refuge and comfort wherever you find yourself. So how do we access this comfort and strength? By being still. In the midst of the storm and looking for the power and presence of God at work around us. By trusting God with with all of our hearts. And if you think about it, this is really the heart of, of faith. This is the secret to living every day with confidence and with hope. This is the witness of the gospel that our community needs to see from us, church, right now, as all of the, uh, the, um, the places that people have put their trust in our culture are falling away. Uh, as you know, uh, as you um, come to the end of this service, I want to provide you with an opportunity to reflect more deeply on this. There are three questions that are going to be put up on the screen in a moment for you to quickly jot down or maybe just grab one of them. And if there's somebody sitting in the room with you right now, you can uh, perhaps discuss those questions together. I'm not going to read them for you today. But what I, would, what I do want to say to you that is that God is our strength and God is our stability in the midst of whatever storm you happen to find yourself in today. And I pray that you um, uh, have the courage right now to, to sit still and, and listen and wait for God to do what God will always do, which is be your strength in the midst of whatever that storm may be for you. Let's pray. Holy God, we, we, we come to you from the storms of our lives. Some of those storms we are the reason for, we admit. And some of those storms we had no idea, they took us by surprise. But whichever is the case, oh God, I pray that you give us today the courage and the strength and the ability and the wisdom to, to be still and, and look for you to be our powerful strength in that moment. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.